those things start to wear on you when you never have enough to cover and you're always in survival mode. And someone who lives in survival mode um, is naturally not going to uh, be healthy mentally. Depression, anxiety, suicidality, irritability, uh, domestic violence. Those are the major kind of mental health challenges that you tend to see that are linked to gradual climate change, more general psychological distress. We've been as humans, you know, doing what we've been doing to our environment for so long, like there's probably, I feel like there would only be so much that we can really do now. And so there's no escape from the heat and uh, people die out here regularly in the summer. Since October, the Las Vegas Sun interviewed several residents, experts, policymakers, and community organizers about how climate change is impacting residents' mental and physical health. Over the next few weeks, we'll be highlighting several of those conversations. I'm Arlie Rogers, the general assignment reporter with the Las Vegas Sun, and this is Heating Up, part of the Las Vegas Sun podcast. Last summer, fires from California bled into northern Nevada. The intense burning was initially sparked by humans and spurred on by that summer's intensely dry conditions and high temperatures. Meanwhile, residents in southern Nevada were dealing with the increasingly common scorching mornings turned blazing afternoons and evenings that didn't quite cool down. Air quality advisories for smoke and ozone were issued frequently from the Clark County Department of Environment and Sustainability that summer. This year, the DES issued a blanket smoke advisory from April 1st to September 30th, a first for the department. These events are linked by climate change, a long-established threat to our physical health. But the alarm and stress of a hotter, drier future, one we may not leave habitable for generations hereafter, also takes a toll. The American Psychiatric Association reports that, quote, climate change and related disasters cause anxiety-related responses, as well as chronic and severe mental health disorders, end quote. Episode, I'll be speaking with Lewis Lacey, director of crisis teams at Help of Southern Nevada, and Albert Nelson, a once homeless man who, through Help of Southern Nevada, now lives in a permanent residence. Help is an individual and family services organization that does boots on the ground outreach for homeless people in Las Vegas. In our conversation, they spoke about what homelessness in Las Vegas is like and what their experiences were with the debilitating summer heat. Can you describe to me what it's like to be out there when it's really hot and um, when you're doing your outreach efforts, uh, what does that look like and what resources do you point people toward? It is really, really hot (laughs) in the summer. We know that the air temperature could be anywhere from 108 to 115 degrees. The street temperature is much higher. It can be 10, 15 degrees higher. And so it makes it very, very difficult to uh, be able to function uh, uh, providing outreach um, when we are carrying water and food supplies and everything and trying to reach out to clients. we make sure that our teams have uh, plenty of water uh, and that they have the proper headgear and uh, we're always checking on their health to make sure that they are not having heat stroke or anything like that. Um, for our homeless clients, we, uh, we always have water with us, frozen water. Uh, we have coolers in all of the vehicles. Um, we also transport any clients that are willing to go to a cooling station, uh, which are located uh, throughout the valley, um, to get relief from the heat. Albert, um, can you tell me a little bit what it's like to be out there in the heat? Well, it was really hot. It was like out, out, 
literally in the shade. I understand the outreach thing. And I said, oh, this is cool. You know, they came up to talk to me, and it was like, I don't know, about 108 degrees out there, and I was burning up. Albert was hospitalized with heat stroke in 2020 and then diagnosed with COVID. Both resulted in a month and a half long hospital stay. He got in touch with help shortly after, qualified for non-congregate shelter housing, and he lived there starting November 2020 before getting his own apartment about one year after. It's fantastic. If it wasn't for them, I'd still be out there. I'd probably be dead because I couldn't, I couldn't fix my core temperature. It would, once it goes up, it won't go back down now. Lewis said there is one clear solution to avoid situations like Albert's. Housing. More housing. We have more individuals in need of housing than we have actual housing. As outreach happens on the streets, help meets with homeless individuals or clients where they are. After examining their situation, the organization guides the client through a housing assessment application. And if, like Albert, a client qualifies for something like a non-congregate shelter, emergency housing with private accommodations like motel rooms, help assigns a case manager to the client so they can find permanent housing. That case manager remains as the client maintains their independent living. It helps prevent a return to homelessness. Housing first, wraparound services. Wraparound services are very important because it's one thing to alleviate someone's immediate need for housing, but how do we sustain that housing? How do we keep them from returning to the streets? Well, the way we do that is we wrap services around the client and make sure that that client uh, is brought to a position where they are at their highest degree of independence, which for us means they will be able to carry on by themselves. As the Las Vegas summers grow hotter, people who are homeless and living outside are going to be impacted more specifically by heat. Albert describes what went through his mind while he experienced heat stroke. Well, it got me to the point where I wasn't thinking straight. I, 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 I was trying to you know, find a place to go where I could relax and there was no place to go. And I, I mean, I was around people who knew me, but I didn't know what to do. So they called the ambulance and I got ran directly to the hospital. It's just like, they couldn't help me. They had to call somebody else in to help me. But, you know, I finally got to the hospital and everything. But I couldn't think straight. I couldn't, I didn't know where to turn. If you're living in a situation where there's oppressive heat, you have nowhere to go. You are already dealing with the trauma of everyday life on the street, which is hard. And then with this oppressive heat, you you can you can start to experience heat stroke you can start to experience dehydration and all of the mental health effects that come along with that but there's also the feeling of hopelessness that comes along with i can't get out of the heat i have nowhere to go i don't see a way out it's really really hard i mean it's hot during the day with the sun and the sun is trying to murder you and then at night, you would think, oh, okay, great, the night is coming, it's going to get cooler. It doesn't get cooler. Uh, it's 120 degrees during the day, and it's 110 at night. And so there's no escape from the heat. And uh, people die out here regularly in the summer. It's unclear the exact number of heat-related deaths among homeless people, Lewis said, but in 2020, 124 people died during heat waves in Clark County. 
On any given night, there are more than 5,500 homeless people and 622 chronically homeless people in Las Vegas, according to 2019 data from Nevada Homeless Alliance. And homeless people with alcoholism or drug issues are at a higher risk of heat-related injuries or death, Lewis said. Albert spoke about people he lived with on the streets of Las Vegas and the often helpless situation extreme heat can push them into. It feels like a tube for them. It breaks my heart. They just didn't know, I guess they didn't know what to do. When these the outreach programs come out to get, to help them, they just, I don't know, that you gotta understand what these people are trying to do for you. It's just like a blessing that they're talking to you. Because you may possibly have some place to go. Instead of, you know, laying there in the heat, and nothing no one can do to save you and you die. And Albert said he's seen some homeless people reject the assistance outreach groups like HELP offer. They'll just rather stay out there. Lewis says this aversion to HELP is both an issue of trust and a defense of their agency. In other words, if a homeless person wants to get themselves to a safe place during an extreme heat situation, or if they want to find housing, they'll just do it themselves. The thing is, is that um, when dealing, you know, when, when trying to create a relationship with homeless, you know, our homeless friends, um, some will trust you, some won't. Some uh, are willing, like Albert, to, like, whatever you need me to do, I'm going to do my end and try to help. Other individuals, we may, not everybody fits in the same box. Like, not everybody's going to go to the same place. But if they say no, then there's nothing we can do. It is my hope that, like, look, if I come back 20 times, maybe on the 21st time you're going to get tired of me coming back and go, okay, what do you got? What do I need to do? Uh, You know, I'm ready to go. Lewis said that as someone who has been homeless before, he's seen this sentiment and experienced it firsthand for the three years while he was on the streets of Las Vegas. I know that when I was homeless, if people were offering me help, uh, for me, a lot of it had to do with my mental health and my substance abuse issues. Like I, just, I mean, I, I, I wanted help, but I didn't really know how to like accept the help. I really didn't. And... Um, and then there were times where I just didn't want to quit. Like I, I wanted to keep using. And so when I was ready and truly ready and I accepted help, I went into a treatment facility and, uh, and I got the help. That was 25 years ago and I've been clean ever, ever since that first day I walked into that treatment facility. I, I don't understand that, uh, that mentality. They can't see that these people are trying to help them. And yeah, it's a trust issue for a moment, but you know, you got to see through all that and take that leap of faith or whatever they call it and go ahead and go for it. Because it's, I mean, it's not easy out there. Lewis also had his own experience with heat stroke when he was homeless, something that caused him to be hospitalized. His asthma was exacerbated by the heat and his drug use too, he said. Being homeless on the street is a traumatic experience either way. You add mental illness to that and substance abuse, both uh, prolonged exposure to the heat is just nothing good is going to come from it. Uh, we have a lot of individuals out on the street uh, and, um, you know, we're just hoping to get to them and get them the help that they need so that we can uh, reduce the number of fatalities, you know, or people being adversely affected by uh, homelessness and heat in Las Vegas. If you cave in 
give in to the heat. It's just like a whole different world. You're just, you're just crazy running around crazy. But uh, in my case, I never gave in. I, it was, it was getting to me. And I, I got to the point where it was, well, I, I couldn't think straight, but I knew that I needed help. There's people out there that don't even know that they need help. It's not, it's not fun. It's not funny. Thanks for listening. This podcast was hosted and edited by Arlie Rogers, general assignment reporter, and it was made possible thanks to managing editor Ray Brewer, political reporter Jessica Hill, and the rest of the Las Vegas Sun staff. We'll be sharing more stories like this in the coming weeks, and you'll hear from us soon.